The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Power Rankings Tuesday, except we did Power Rankings yesterday because of travel schedules. So we've got Bill Barnwell from ESPN, really bright guy. I think we do this every year now where I have Bill come on and tell me the teams he's higher on than other people, the teams he's lower on than other people. So looking forward to you getting a chance to hear what Bill's thinking this year. We are daily now, Monday through Friday, always presented, of course, by DraftKings. You can tell everybody you know, in 30 minutes or less, you will know everything going on in the National Football League. And you'll get it from my perspective as a former player, which I think you will very much enjoy. We will have a new Spread the Word winner, sponsor confirmation email winner, and YouTube shout-out winner. I also would highly recommend that you check out at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter because I think at Ross Tucker Pod might be giving away a Madden code today. If you want a free Madden code, follow at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter and or Instagram. I love doing the YouTube shout outs, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Maybe there's some way we can give away a Madden on YouTube so we can get some more YouTube subscribers. I know there are a lot of people that are signing up to be patrons now, patreon.com slash RT Media, primarily probably because they want the even money bets. People like the even money bets. They want to see it in black and white. So they don't have to, while they're driving or working out, they have to write down all the bets that Steve Fezzik and I have. Today, we will go over all of our week one NFL bets on the Even Money podcast. Really looking forward to that. Always a blast, of course. So we have some new patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media on the private Tuckheads Slack channel. Like David Lyons. David, welcome to the family. You will enjoy being a part of the crew. Absolutely love communicating on pretty much a daily basis. I'm on that Slack channel commenting with other people. I also love hearing from Bill Barnwell every year because you know what? He always has teams he's higher on than others, lower on than others. And you know what? He's usually pretty right. 
I mean, he's got a very, very, very good track record. It's Bill Barnwell time. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, we are joined by my buddy Bill Barnwell from ESPN. The Bill Barnwell Show, which is excellent. I was actually on it a few weeks back. You should definitely check Mm -hmm. it out and check him out on social media at Bill Barnwell. I think, Bill, this has become almost an annual thing now (laughs) where I have you on the show in July Mm -hmm. or August to Mm -hmm. hear the teams that you are higher on or lower on because your batting average is really, (laughs) really good on these, on these. I I forget. I've seen the stat one time, but Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that you're a hundred percent or a thousand percent, but you're close. (laughs) I'll try it. I, there are some years I get things wrong. Like I think the year, the Browns went from one and fifteen to zero and sixteen. I said they were going to improve. Which you figure one and fifteen, you're probably going to get that right most of the time. But the Browns, well, they found a way to make an exception. But yeah, I mean, I think you know it's funny. Like like we have different teams. We look at different teams, different analyses, different stuff pops up. But the same stuff matters year after year. Like we'll come up with reasons for why they they shouldn't matter, why the numbers don't matter, why the story doesn't matter. But it makes sense. And at the end of the year, we look back and say, well, most, again, not 100% of the time, but 80, 85, 90% of the time, the stuff that mattered in the past usually matters now as well. Well, that, that you know, it, and what are some of those things, Bill? Yeah, so you're looking at how teams perform in close games because, you know, I, I know we want to believe that teams need to know how to win, that they need to win those close ones. And hey, every year it happens. You'll have a team that goes 6-1, and 7-0 and in those close games. And even if they're uh, by every quarterback, even if it's a veteran team, even if it's a team on the coming up, historically, they don't do that again the following year. Usually they go 500 in those games. Maybe they go worse than 500 in those games. Take a big step backwards. Seattle was that team last year where the Seahawks, even though they lost Russell Wilson, were incredible in close games two prior years. And even with Russell Wilson in the lineup, much worse in those games last season. Uh, Things like fumble recovery rate, things like, defensive touchdowns where like the Cowboys, for example, last year had nine defensive touchdowns, three more than anybody else in football, go through history, look at teams who have that many return touchdowns, whether it's interceptions, fumbles, even kick and punt returns the year after they don't get that many. And their record usually declines because of it. Things like the average starting field position. How many times did you have a, a lead heading into the fourth quarter and, lo- and lose the chargers with the classic example of that, where they would have like five or six leads in a year in the fourth quarter and then lose them. And it eventually did bounce back. And they had a couple of really good years because they, they kind of fixed that. That just stuff just does not happen year after year. So I think, you know, it, it can be a little bit opaque. It can be kind of some things you don't really see at first glance, but over time it tells us, yeah, those don't typically stick year after year after year. Well, I'll give you another one that I'm sure you've done an analysis on, which I think is, uh, to your point, injuries. Mm-hmm. Injuries. Yep, 100%. You know, a team that has unusual health the mm-hmm. one year, that mm-hmm. almost never is the case the next year. And 100%. the opposite's true. A, a team that's just like the Ravens a year ago, ravaged exactly. by injury, doesn't usually happen the next year. Although I will say there are some teams recently <laughs> – that has had that back-to-back years of bad mm-hmm. luck or back-to-back years where mm-hmm. they're even moving on from strength coaches or trainers because they're mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Because yep. they know it's an outlier f- yep. to have 
bad injury luck multiple years in a row. You just don't yeah. see very many that have multiple good injury luck, you know, multiple years in a row. Well, you know how it is, right? Talk to a fan about the Ravens. You're going to say, hey, what happened last year? Why did the Ravens finish under 500? Ah, it was the injuries. And that makes sense. That's true. You never, ever, Ross, hear a fan say, why were you guys good last year? Well, we were really healthy. You know, we didn't get hurt at all last year. We were good all season. You don't think about that as a fan, but it matters. That stuff does come into play. And whether it's, we talk about the offensive line a lot. If you can get your offensive line to play together for a 16, 17 games a year, that's a huge competitive advantage. You know, on your defense, you can get your secondary, you know, your, your four or five starters in the secondary together all season. That plays such a dramatic difference. And even if you have guys go down early in the year, like the Ravens last year, it wasn't just losing guys during the season. It was losing, I mean, they had three guys go down in the course of a week at practice. They had Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins, they had Gus Edwards. It was like Adam Schefter. Every time he tweeted about the Ravens, I felt like I was hiding my eyes, like something horrible was going to happen. Like, that's just, it, you know, it, it's a freak thing. And, yes, if it happens two or three years in a row, there's probably something wrong. But usually that's only a one-year thing, and it's one of the reasons why you project a team like the Ravens to improve this upcoming season. Without question, I don't know anybody that doesn't think the Ravens will be better this right. year, and and rightfully so, and that's reflected mm-hmm. in their season win total, which we talk about a bunch on the Even yep. Money podcast, which is interesting because I have had over the last month or so several mm-hmm. different uh, sports bettors come on that mm-hmm. show and talk about teams whose season win totals they like the over, you know, that they think yep. are going to be better than what the sports books think. And that's what I want to dive into with you, uh, Bill. Just teams that you think you feel very confident will be improved from a Mm -hmm. year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is stuff I I focus on every year. And again, I'm not going to say I'm right all the time because I am not right all the time. And sometimes it's a question of degree, right? You know, I thought last year the Niners were going to be better because they had been so hurt the year before. They were getting Jimmy Garoppolo back. They were... Uh, very unlucky in a lot of cases last year. Did I think they were going to go within a couple plays of the Super Bowl? No, probably not. A couple of years earlier, they had had the fewest interceptions in the history of football in a 16-game season. They had two interceptions all year. They had Jimmy Garoppolo get hurt. I said, okay, they're going to be a lot better next year. Did I think they were going to be a Super Bowl team? Absolutely not. But that's what happens. Things have to go right to have the opportunity to have you know things pop your way and have maybe the Seahawks drop out to get a chance to go to the Super Bowl or come close to going to the Super Bowl. So when I bring up these teams, they might not have Super Bowl potential right now, but look at the Bengals. No one thought they were going last year and they managed to make it to the Super Bowl. So I'll start with a team in the NFC that I like. And again, are they going to be a Super Bowl team? I don't think so, but I think they're going to be a lot better this year than they were a year ago. And that's the Detroit Lions. Where, hey, I mean, think about the Lions last year. It felt like they were snake bit during the first half of that season. I mean, I think about that Ravens game, right? Where they were up two points. It's Justin Tucker for a 66-yard field goal, and he bounces it off the upright, and it goes in. Just the absolute, just heartbreaking loss. Every week, it felt like Dan Campbell had to go to the podium in tears to apologize for another crushing loss for that team. But the one good thing is, hey, they were competitive with the Ravens when the Ravens still had Lamar Jackson. They were competitive with other teams in the NFL week after week. And their luck was pretty bad. I think they're going to be a lot better in close games this year. They've added a bunch of young talent to the roster over the past couple seasons. 
Um, they had some guys break out last year, guys like Charles Harris or uh, Amani Oruwariye, who were not NFL caliber players at that point. They looked like NFL caliber players under Aaron Glenn. And we know the offensive line is good. Penny Sewell was good last year and healthy. Um, Jared Goff, not a superstar, but a competent NFL quarterback. Plenty of weapons on that team when guys are healthy. Do I think they're going to be a Super Bowl team? No. But could they be 7-10? and 10? eight and nine could they even compete possibly for a wild card spot i think that's absolutely within the realm of possibility for the 2022 lions i don't even remember off the top of my head right now how many games they ended up winning last year um but i'd be shocked if they don't end up winning where they were 313 and one a year ago and i'd be very surprised they don't win at least six games i mean that that would really surprise me And, you know, again, that's progress, right? You know, I think it's, we all expect them to be better, but the question is, are they, if they're a game better? Well, I'm not really thrilled about that. That's kind of disappointing. But if they're three, four games better, I think that tells you, hey, we're on the right track. We have, you know, a core to work with here and we can go out next year. Maybe they get a Jimmy Garoppolo in free agency. Maybe they go out and get someone like that where it's, you know, a a upgraded quarterback. And then they say, okay, we're going to be a playoff team this upcoming year. I, I think it would be nice if they won eight games, but I think even six, seven wins would be, you know, sort of what you would expect given how well they played a year ago. And they were much better than their record indicated. Speaking bill of teams that only won three games a year ago, (laughs) let's get to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I know you and I were comparing notes. And that is the AFC Mm -hmm. team that you expect to be significantly better. And I, I couldn't agree more with with yeah. this comment yeah i mean just you know like the numbers are the numbers and i'm a big numbers guy i'm always going to try and bring up numbers but at the end of the day what matters most historically when you look at teams that defy the numbers or teams that made leaps without the numbers really pointing towards them making a leap is major upgrades at quarterback major upgrades at head coach and Ross, if you watch the Jaguars offense last year closely, first off, I'm sorry. You should get like a gift basket or something. You should get a medal for having to watch that offense closely last year. It was a disaster. But it was a disaster in a way that teams aren't really usually disasters. It reminded me a lot of like the Browns the year that they really struggled in Baker Mayfield's second season. It's just, you know, it was guys not being in the right places. It was miscommunication on snaps. It was just blown pass protections, receivers stopping when they weren't supposed to stop, guys running the wrong length on routes, just the sort of thing that you you don't have when you have a good coach. You, you can't make guys into superstars just by having good coaching, but you can have guys be in the right places at the right time. And that affected Trevor Lawrence. He was constantly, I know my friend Nace Tyson took this for an article for The Athletic, where it's just guys were running routes where he was expecting them to be 12 yards deep and they were 10 yards deep and he had to adjust his passes because of it. Um, he didn't, really have an offense he could trust a year ago. And Doug Peterson, I mean, I know it didn't end well in Philadelphia, but that is a guy who was going to run a professional offense built to his team's strengths. He is a guy who is going to build an offense that is going to be well enough coached that Trevor Lawrence will be able to trust what he has in front of him. He, he'll know, hey, if I'm expecting a 14-yard dig on this play, that guy is going to make his cut of 14 yards. That, if that window's open in my head, it's going to be open in reality. And I think for Trevor Lawrence, we know how talented he is. We know what upside he has. So to me, I think that is the kind of team where they could make a stratospheric leap just on having more around Trevor Lawrence. Now, on top of that, we talked about a little bit on my podcast. I don't know how good the AFC South is going to be if Tennessee takes a step backwards. It's a great point. That division is actually, I think, 
ripe for the picking. And mm-hmm. the, the two things I would say, they obviously added a lot of talent. You know, they this offseason, they had the number one overall pick. They had multiple first-round picks on the defensive side of the ball. They bring in Christian Kirk, Brandon Sheriff. I mean, they did add a bunch of pieces. But the bigger mm-hmm. thing to me is this, Bill. I don't know, and maybe this is a little bit of my, you know, Philadelphia bias, you know, <laughs> working for the organization and, and also doing the pregame show. I feel like Doug Peterson's hire has kind of gone under the radar. And yes. for some reason, he wasn't as highly touted of a prospect this offseason mm-hmm. as he should have been or as a coaching candidate. I mean, you're talking about a guy that beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl after, first of all, got to the Super Bowl and won it after his mm-hmm. MVP caliber quarterback got hurt mm-hmm. and then beat Belichick and Brady. The next yeah. year, he goes down again. And, you know, they're probably an Alshon Jeffrey drop away from being in the conference championship again. Mm-hmm. And then 2019, they were absolutely demolished by injuries. I mean, yeah. the guys they had playing in December were all the guys that played in the preseason game because I called yeah. them on TV. <laughs> and Peterson got them the division championship. Yeah, They, you know, Wentz got hurt by Clowney in mm-hmm. the playoff game, and that was kind of it after mm-hmm. that. But – I think Doug Peterson's a heck of a coach. And I think Urban Meyer pretty much went as close as we've seen to a coach more or less sabotaging an NFL season last year. Yeah. I mean, the bar is real low for, for you know, improving on Urban Meyer. And I think Doug Peterson is a lot higher than a typical bar for a, quarter, for a coach. I mean, think about that team when he took that team over in Philadelphia. They had just fired Chip Kelly, and that team was not as big of a mess as the Urban Meyer uh, Jags, but they were a mess. They had been rebuilt. Uh, they had made some questionable free agent signings. Two years later, they win a Super Bowl with their backup quarterback. I mean, that's how quickly they turned things around. And yes, the Eagles organization deserves some credit for that. I feel like the, the front office, you know, played their role for sure. But Doug Peterson is, I think, an extremely underrated coach and again i'm not saying that they're going to win a super bowl in the second season i'm not saying that's likely to happen but again professional that's what i'm thinking of here they are going to be a professional looking offense and i think that's going to unlock a significant upgrade for trevor lawrence i think he's going to be a pro bowl caliber quarterback this year based on the pieces they've added around him and just his pure level of talent combined with an actual uh coherent plan on offense bill let's talk teams on the other side of the equation, teams yeah. that you're not as high on, you don't mm-hmm. think will improve, you think will be worse this year. Yep. We can start in the NFC again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's a few different places we could go in the NFC, right? I mean, I, I think you look at teams like, geez, maybe, you know, the Packers, where they lost Devontae Adams. They, they've lost some pieces. They were really good last year, but a little maybe lucky in close games. Cowboys, same thing, where it's so yeah. good on defense when it came to scoring touchdowns. The team that comes to mind for me might not be the first one that stands out. It's the Atlanta Falcons. And, Ross, the Atlanta Falcons were a bad team last year. I think they were 32nd or close to 32nd for most of the year in football outsiders DVOA stat, which measures how teams, how efficient teams are on a play-by-play basis. They were very good in close games for a team that had the reputation as being snake bit in close games. They were actually really good. Young Wei Koo, their kicker, was awesome last season. 
Uh, they won a bunch of one-score games. I think they won seven games last year, and six of them were on young Ku field goals to win the game. Their only win last year by more than seven points came against the Panthers, and that was by eight points. So it wasn't like they were blowing teams out. Their losses were typically pretty ugly. And on top of that, they're messed up cap-wise. They had to make some significant decisions this year. They pursued Deshaun Watson, didn't work out. They had to trade Matt Ryan in the process. They replaced him with Marcus Mariota and third-round pick Desmond Ritter. Um, they lost Russell Gage, their top receiver, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Calvin Ridley suspended for the entire season. Foyasade Aluakon, who was a very good linebacker for the last year, goes to the Jaguars and Ravens, they don't really replace him. So now, looking at a team that, yes, has some young talent. AJ Terrell's great. Cal Pitts is great. I think uh, Drake London is going to be great. But a team that was bad last year, lucky last year, you figure average luck this upcoming season may be worse than average luck if things go wrong. And then you have a, a talent drain with their best quarterback, with their maybe second-best defensive player, and one of their top offensive players. Ross, I think this team's going to be historically bad. I, I don't think they're going to be like a five-win team. I'm thinking they're going to be 2-15 and 15 or 3-14. and 14. I think they're the favorites to me to have the first overall pick in the 2020 draft. And I know they're not tanking. I know if you ask Arthur Smith, he's upset if they do that they're tanking. I just don't think they realize they're tanking in 2022 <laughs> um well yeah they're gonna be bad and i think because sure. of their cap situation they need to be i think most people think they'll be bad but the question is just how bad and you're right they won yeah. seven games last year i'd be surprised if they get to five i really would I, yeah I think, it's brutal yeah i think it's three or four all right last but not least your team in the mm -hmm. afc it's not gonna win me any fans in Las Vegas, I'm going to say the Raiders. And I think, again, same thing here with the Raiders, where it's they did win 10 games last year, and, and they were impressive at the end of the season. I know that they won four straight to finish off the year. They had that crazy game with the Chargers. And then they played the Bengals tough in the postseason. They were down early, came back, came within a, a score of tying that game and going to overtime. So talent is definitely there in some places. Good quarterback in Derek Carr. You had Devontae Adams, you had Chandler Jones, two older players, but two players still who can be difference makers at their best. But number one, they were lucky. They were a team that had some luck early in the season, won a couple games in overtime. Daniel Carlson, their kicker, I think had nine kicks in the fourth quarter to take the lead, which was, I believe, an NFL record. I think that no, no one has had more than six in the past 20 years when it comes to that. And then those last four games, yes, they did win the final four games of the year to go from six and seven to 10 and seven, but Chargers win was the Chargers win. Those three other games, two-point win over the Browns with Nick Mullins at quarterback, their third stringer. Four-point win over the Broncos with Drew Locke, their backup at quarterback. Three-point win over the Colts with Carson Wentz hours off of the COVID list playing quarterback for them. So three wins over extremely compromised quarterbacks by narrow margins. To me, that's beating up on teams by narrow margins. That's usually a indicator that you're not going to be as good the following year. Of course, the AFC West, super tough now, adding Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Chargers are loaded. Chiefs, I know they lost Tyreek Hill. Chiefs are still going to be there in the long run. They lose a home game uh, because the NFC has the extra home game this year. They play a tougher schedule because they were second in the division this year. To me, I think the Raiders are a good team. And I know they added Devontae Adams, but I don't think that's enough. I think they're a 7-8 win team again in 2022. I, I would just add to that, Bill. I think the jury's out on Josh McDaniels based For on sure. what happened in Denver. And mm -hmm. 
you know, we have a small sample size for him in Denver. It wasn't good. Sure. We have a small sample size for Rich Bisaccia, and mm -hmm. it kind of was good. I I'm a little surprised that they didn't allow Bisaccia to get a larger sample size is the way Me I too. would probably describe that. And I'll tell you what, the, the players loved him. I mean, at the end of the day, like you can say the production was there or not there. I think they were a little lucky at the end of the year. But the players rallied behind Rich Passaccia, at least publicly. Maybe privately they said differently, but publicly they said, we want this guy to stick around. And he did not stick around. That's a real shame. And I think the other part of this, Ross, that I'm going to mention as we finish up here is this. The, char the Chargers, the Raiders lost, of course, a couple of first-round picks to – off-field behavior and Jerry Judy or not Jerry Judy excuse me I apologize uh Henry Ruggs the other Alabama wide receiver obviously uh car crash uh, killed someone with DUI terrible situation and they couldn't have anticipated that um David Arnett their their cornerback first rounder uh is a, a mess as a rookie year two gets cut after uh, a very bizarre video where he's holding a gun obviously two terrible things happening and, and they couldn't anticipate that but not only are those two guys gone but they just declined the first the fifth-year option for their three first-rounders, where I think it was 2019, it was Josh Jacobs, um, uh, Cleveland Jonathan Abram, Farrell. and Cleveland Farrell was the fourth overall pick. Yeah, You know, those guys are still there for this year, but they have a little expectations. Now they trade a first- and second-round pick for Devontae Adams. That's six first-round picks. They're not on the roster, or they're not living up to expectations, Ross. And that's supposed to be the core of your football team. When you're three, four years into a draft, that's supposed to be where you are, are excelling. That's where the stars of your team are developing. The Raiders are a young team overall, but they don't have those guys. They're filling in those guys with guys from free agency, guys who are veterans that McDaniels knows prior. I mean, that's just not a good recipe. So to me, I think, you know, if the Raiders look at their on the come up, I just don't think they are because that core of young talent that's supposed to be there just is not on this roster. Outstanding stuff, Bill. It is every year. Really appreciate <laughs> the time. Check out the Bill Barnwell show. Check him out on social media for sure, at Bill Barnwell. Thanks so much. Okay, thanks, Ross. Anytime. It's interesting, Bri. We talk about this a lot with Joe Dolan because I see Joe tweet about it. People are really into F1, Formula One. Formula One drivers live life in the fast lane, both on and off the track. And Wondery's new podcast, Fast and Loose F1, hosted by Will Arnett, is here to cover it all. From McLaren to Ferrari to Mercedes to Lewis Hamilton to Daniel Ricciardo, the world's most prestigious and fastest F1 teams challenge each other on the world stage. Pretty cool because you've got Smartless co-host Will Arnett joined by two-time world champion Mika Hakkinen to reveal the high-speed twists and turns after every F1 race. So if you're like our boy on the Fantasy Feast, Joe Dolan, listen to Fast and Loose F1 on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts or listen ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuck's Takes. 
Let's start today with tight end O.J. Howard, Ross. He signs with the Texans. Former Steelers tight end Jesse James signs with the Browns. Cowboys sign left tackle Jason Peters. And the Cardinals give Jalen Thompson a big extension. So a bunch of things here. O.J. Howard was set to sign with the Bengals. Changes his mind. Signs with the Texans. So, uh, uh, you know, the, the Bengals, even though O.J. Howard visited, they ended up claiming a guy on waivers, I think, a younger guy from the Patriots. So then they, I guess they felt like they didn't need O.J. Howard. Jesse James didn't really work out for him last year in Detroit. Not exactly sure what happened there. Jalen Thompson was a fifth-round supplemental draft pick. I mean, they didn't even have a supplemental draft this year. So that's interesting that a guy that was a supplemental draft pick has ended up being a big hit, a big winner for the Arizona Cardinals. Good for him. And then Jason Peters. Wow. I highly encourage people. Gosh, I say it too often. What would be a better way to say that, Bri, other than I highly? Because you always go, I highly encourage people. Uh, what else should you say? Just uh... strongly. You know, you don't need to just say. Just, just say. Just do it. Just do it. I'm not even encouraging you. Check out my Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL because I had a thread on Jason Peters from his rookie year when we were teammates that I think you would really, really enjoy. I'm sure, quite sure, I've told the story on the show multiple times before. But if you haven't heard it, I think you would probably enjoy reading it. I I personally think it's interesting that he still wants to play football. And this is no knock on Jason. Everybody makes their own decisions in life. You know, he's made $117 million just from salary and bonuses. There's other monies he's made. His like pension and benefits are off the charts, having played 19 years of pro football. And you can say, well, he loves it. He loves it. Well, okay. I love football. You guys can tell I love football. Now, maybe if I was as talented as him and people kept giving me the opportunity to play, maybe I would still be playing like Jason Peters. I, I don't know. But I guess I, I I always look at it with a little bit of different perspective now. Of You know, the money he's going to make this year in Dallas is not going to make a difference in his life. You wouldn't think. But a serious injury would. Even the wear and tear could. So uh, I'll be curious to see how long he stays healthy, how he plays. The Cowboys obviously really need him. You know, they don't know if this Tyler Smith rookie is going to be ready, and they don't want to sort of give up on the season with Tyron Smith being hurt. Tuck's takes. Saint safety Marcus May arrested for aggravated assault with a firearm. Felt like this happened like Friday maybe or Saturday. Did not hear more about this. Other than this was a big free agent signee for the Saints. I mean, this was a big move that they made after losing Marcus Williams to the Ravens. And, you know, this sounds like one of those where it gets dragged out and it doesn't affect him until next year. But I don't know that. I don't know that to be the case. It's just still another negative thing hanging over the Saints. They got the Camara stuff. Now they got this. It's not, it's not positive. It's not a good thing, that's for sure. Tuck's takes. Philadelphia Eagles claim running back Trey Sermon off waivers, and the Giants released linebacker Blake Martinez. 
So Trey Sermon, you know, had those awesome games for Ohio State and was a great player at Oklahoma, and yet never really worked out for him with the Niners. I think a lot of people were surprised by that. Martinez, I think, has been the Giants' leading tackler the last couple of years. I'm a little surprised by that move. Tucks takes. News out of Nashville. The Titans give running back Derrick Henry a $2 million raise. Also, defensive end Harold Landry tears his ACL. Yikes, man. He's their best edge rusher, best pass rusher by far. I think he made the Pro Bowl last year, double-digit sacks. That is bad. That is a big loss for the Titans. You know, you're losing guys like A.J. Brown and free, uh, to a trade and Harold Landry. Hard to imagine the Titans being as good this year. They're a team that definitely looks poised for a step back. And Derrick Henry, I guess, he just wanted more money. And the Titans said, you know what? This guy's carried our team. If he wants $2 million more to keep him happy, give him $2 million more to keep him happy. Tucks takes. One more injury news item. It's the Eagles left tackle Andre Dillard. He fractures his forearm at practice and had to have surgery. I always wonder how that happens. I mean, it's hard to fracture a bone like that and to do it in practice. I don't know if he fell on it or got stepped on or just banged it against a helmet real hard. But that's not an easy thing to do to fracture your forearm like that. And it's one of those things that's funny because not funny, but as long as my stays healthy and Lane Johnson, the first four to six weeks doesn't really matter. Now, if one of those guys gets hurt the first four to six weeks, then it's a problem. And it's sort of a major problem because Dillard's the next guy to go in. And he played pretty well last year, had a good camp, good preseason. Shout-outs are in order. They always are. For Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, and MyFrontPageStory.com. We're back. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day. It's week one of the NFL season. You must be signed up and subscribing to all the shows. Get them all in. I'm fired up. Big game on Saturday for me. UTSA at Army. NFL Sunday. Should be a great, great week. So glad to have you guys back for another season. Anybody new? You have come to the right place. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.